It's time to fire up the three-cylinder star drive, the show that sputters along, touring a galaxy of pop culture and fanboy fiction. And now, here are your hosts, Richard Coots and Roger Colby. Hey, welcome back to Three-Cylinder Star Drive. I'm Roger Colby. I'm Richard Coots. And uh, today, today we're going to talk about Carrie Fisher's dog. Oh, man. Uh, so, it, uh... Comic cons are trying to milk more and more and more people out of uh, money out of people yeah. uh, in any way they can. Well, yesterday <laughs> they just posted on for Wizard World Minneapolis uh-huh. that they're gonna have Carrie Fisher's dog, Gary the dog, Gary, Gary the dog, the dog mm-hmm. there, and you can buy a Gary what the kind dog. What dog is Gary? Isn't he I, like a Boston Terrier or something? I'm not sure. I don't really know little dog. dog. Poor little most dog. dog. Lost breeds. his owner. Now yeah. Him. Yeah. Well, you can get a VIP package for hundred and fifty dollars to meet the dog. There's a VIP meet and greet. There, you can get what they're calling a potograph, where they just dip his paws in ink and put it on, have him step on a headshot. Oh my goodness! That's and so you can bad. get a professional photo. How much is this? $150. And it comes with all this other stuff like a t-shirt and a special VIP badge and yeah. uh, <laughs> dog costumes for your dogs. And, yeah. It's a, It's not a laughing it, matter. No, Listen, no. It, exploiting it, someone's poor, defenseless animal. Yeah, and I think, I think they got bad. pretty wise to it because just a few hours later, right after they posted it, online. They took it down from social media and the Wizard World site. Oh, uh, good for them. Yeah, I think they probably saw all the comments in the comment section by people talking about how stupid this is so and that bad. they're not going to, you know, actually pay $150 to meet a dog. <laughs> you know, and I, I don't know. Yeah, I'm just, just say they couldn't just like switch it out with another dog. Yeah, I, mean, I know. know. Who's going to know? Who's going to know who's that gonna it's know? really Carrie Fisher's yeah, dog? Yeah, but I'm I, I'm not sure, but I'm betting an animal rights group got involved, too. I hope so. Yeah. I mean, good grief. That's such a... Man, that's so bad. Yeah. But, you know, then again, it might be worth $150 to go to meet and greet and hear the dogs tell <laughs> all his stories and memories about Carrie Fisher. Yeah, the time the dog sat at, at the feet of Carrie Fisher as she was uh, performing in Star Wars or something. Yeah, Maybe. yeah, that, yeah, I'd love to hear his perspective on it, um, you know. Wow, okay, so this week I've been, uh, I've been hitting my stride as a writer, I guess, um, so for those of you who don't know, you might check out the podcast, uh, you might check out my Twitter feed or whatever, um, I've written a few novels, and I write all the time, kind of part-time, I'm a full-time teacher, but. I write on the side, and I've got several novels I've written. And <clears throat> these novels are sci-fi in nature, and it's, they're for people who, like me, are bored sci-fi readers because mm-hmm. I've, like, read everything, mm-hmm. you know? Uh, I'm going to talk about a book I'm reading right now that's pretty cool, a couple books I'm reading right now that's pretty cool. Um, but, you know, uh, writing's difficult. It takes a lot of work and effort, and it takes a lot of you just sitting in front of the computer and working. You know, even if you don't turn out anything any good, you just keep working and working and working. And, uh, you know, eventually you can fix it in revision. 
you know? So uh, this week I wrote about 1,300 words. Oh, it's actually yesterday I wrote about 1,300. And so all told this week I've written about, um, I don't know, probably a good 2,500 this week. So I think that's pretty good. But, uh, you know, I could sit down and sit and write the word and over and over again and say I wrote 2,500 <laughs> words. <laughs> but, you know, I mean, it's... It's it you know it's a lot of work to get it done, um, so you know if you want to check out my books there, you know there's a link to them uh, on my website, writingishardwork.com. You can go there and find them. Um, however, there's a couple of really good books if you're a bored sci-fi reader like me. There's a couple of really good books I've read right now. Um, one is called The Fold, by Peter Kleins. Um, and basically, the name of the, the the book is about a guy who is, has an eidetic memory, where he like remembers everything that he's he's ever seen or heard, which to me would be an utter nightmare. I mean, could you imagine, Richard, if you like remembered every last thing you ever saw or heard? Oh my gosh! Uh, yeah, you know, <laughs> I get enough problems with that when I can't sleep at night. I'm I'm rethinking every little thing that happened during the day. Yeah, so he remembers everything he's seen or heard, and he's a guy, he's basically an English teacher. And um, something that he said in the book was really fascinating about being someone with a super high IQ. Because uh, I know people, I don't personally have an IQ that high, but I know people who do. Um, and the thing that he says is uh, he had an IQ of like 180 or something. It's off the charts, you know. Wow. And so... He was diagnosed with it when he was 13, and he was like, you know, it's finding, he said, it's finding out you're Superman and Spider-Man, like, all tied into one, you know? And he, he, however, started automatically feeling like people treating him differently, and, you know, the teachers are all second-guessing themselves all the time, and, you know, he's going through all this mess with all this stuff. So he decided he just wanted to be average. So he became a high school English teacher, which I thought was just awesome, because <laughs> I'm a high school English teacher. I was going to say, so, this guy sounds a little familiar. Yeah, so, well, it's not, I don't have an yeah. IQ of 180. But, you know, this, this dude, uh, and so what he does, he gets hired out, like he gets contracted out to go and um, observe projects and stuff so that he can um, report on the project, and he learns things very quickly, like, you know, astrophysics or anything, like learns it very fast, you know, he's... Uh, He's a quick study, and he just remembers everything he's ever seen. So he takes photographic pictures of all the documents that he looks at and everything else. And um, he goes to some facility out in, uh, out in the desert. You know, it's always a facility in the desert. Anyway, so when he gets out there, they're trying to work on some project where they're trying to teleport somebody from one place to another, like Star Trek. But they couldn't get it to work because they just you know end up with a disgusting mass on the other side, and they could never get it to work. And then you know, there's this dog named Lucky that they kill. I think its name is Lucky. They kill a dog, <laughs> and they all feel bad about it, as they should, evil scientists. So they go and they uh, they do this, and then they figure out, well, we can fold space instead, and so they fold space, but then some really bad things start happening because of the machine. And it's really good. It's uh, What I love about Peter Klein is he also wrote a book called 14, um, which what he does is he tells these stories that kind of unfold a little bit at a time. So you kind of learn more and more about what's really going on, you know, kind of like Lost, you know, Lost was like that, mm -hmm. where you just kind of, 
different things are unfolding just a little bit at a time. You're like, oh, okay, so that's what the smoke monster is. I haven't is. watched that, but I'm going to agree with you. You haven't watched Lost? I still haven't watched Lost. Oh, man, your assignment. Is yeah. To Lost. It's pretty good, actually. The ending was kind of, well, left a lot to be desired. But Listen, I um, heard it was all a dog's dream. <laughs> no. Okay. It's not. It's not. It's uh, a little different, and uh, I thought it was a little too cliche, but um, I don't know. I, I kind of suspected it, like, probably after season three, I started suspecting that they that probably was the case of what happened. Mm-hmm. If you haven't seen Lost, you need to go watch that. It's on Netflix. You can watch the whole thing. Um, okay, so today our dollar rental of the week is... Uh, the Incredible Melting Man. Made in 1977. And um, now I've only, as, as Richard and I were talking about this already before we started the podcast, I've only watched this movie on television. I've never watched it, you know, like edited on television. I've never really watched it like, you can watch the whole thing on YouTube. Yeah, the All whole right. thing is on YouTube. Yeah, um, but it does have some, it is R-rated, it does have some like nudity and stuff. But they cut all that out for the, but see, I remember this movie for when I was a kid, mm-hmm. okay? When I was a kid, this movie came on like, Oh, uh, it was like th- uh, Channel Thirty Four, you know, uh, and I it was it was <laughs> like you know yeah, UHF I I afternoon matinee. Okay, I don't know if they still do this, but they used to do it for like Ghostbusters mm-hmm. and and uh, mm-hmm. Army of Darkness and stuff. They used to make like TV, like whole TV, other TV versions where they <laughs> shot whole new scenes and everything and huh. whole recorded new lines just for a TV version huh. so you could watch you know you could wa- okay. watch a clean version on TV yeah. and it wouldn't be like on cable where they're just like cutting out all bleeping out all the words you know <laughs> they just like replace it with clean dialogue and yeah. and, and uh, cleaner scenes remove some of the sex scenes and stuff right. and add in like maybe a Replacement well, two-minute scene or so. This, uh, this movie is uh, Incredible Melting Man, made in 77, uh, written and directed by William Sachs, uh, not to be confused with William Plastic Bag. Um, <laughs> <laughs> star- starring Alex Rebar, and that's his real name. Yeah, Alex Rebar. That's, that's a great name. Alex Rebar. I put Rebar in my concrete. Maybe so. Well, his career's not. He plays a character named Steve West, which is like the most iconic uh, astronaut name you could possibly yeah. have. Yeah. Like you know, Steve Austin. You know what I noticed was, like, the guy <laughs> who does the special effects for it is Rick Baker. Yes. Yeah, who done so many films. Men in Black. Uh, he's worked is... on, uh, let's see here, uh, The Aliens, I think. On Aliens, I think. Right. Uh, uh, the Fly, the yeah. one with Jeff Goldblum. Oh, yeah, um, he's done so much. He's um, done... Yeah, that's the thing about um, the film is that um, the story is kind of convoluted and, and silly and, and you know, because, like, what it is, he's an astronaut, Steve West, he's an astronaut, he's bombarded by cosmic rays, okay, instead of getting cool Fantastic Four powers, and, you know, it's pretty much as good as the Fantastic Four movies, this movie. Oh, yeah. I mean, like Van which Forstic. is not good. Fantastic. <laughs> Um, but, uh, he starts melting. That's all he does, you know. He turns into a human craft store candle left mm-hmm. out in the sun too long. Yeah, so. yeah. He's kind of, <laughs> it's kind of like from the, the scene in Raiders of the Lost Ark where his face starts melting off, except yeah. a lot more slowly. It's just slowly. It's and slowly. It, and he just keeps melting, and, um, he has this horrible breathing, like, you know. Yeah. And, uh, you, you, you know, you just hear him just breathing all the time, and, um, 
He leaves bits of himself. On yeah, the there's trees. like a yeah, there's like a piece <laughs> on his tree, like like where <laughs> like a police I'm, officer finds, and he's like, it's, it's his ear, it's an it's ear. An ear. <laughs> um, but you know, the creepy factor is, I mean, it's pretty low for our standards, but really gross. And when I was a kid, man, oh my gosh, when I was a kid, this this movie just freaked me out because it was like, oh my gosh, the guy's melting. And um, however, it, it does star uh, my dad. You know, he passed away about seven years ago, but my dad's big big thing was he loved westerns old westerns you know from the 50s and uh, Myron Healy he plays a general in the movie and he was a heavy in all those old westerns my dad used to watch the notable star besides Rick Baker's makeup which honestly is the highlight of the film I mean it really is because you see this makeup in this movie and it is just unbelievable what he did to yeah I mean there are some parts that aren't that good but I think that's budget issues Mm -hmm. not really his ability Sure, but I mean, you ought to see the makeup in this movie. It's really yeah, good. it's just pretty great. Um, but the the thing is, um, Jonathan Demi plays a minor character named Matt Winters, and um, he has a bit part where he fights off the melting man, tries to save his wife. Um, Demi, as you'll remember, directed Sounds of the Lambs in Philadelphia, of which he received Best Director Oscars. For. Really, I didn't realize that. <laughs> uh, and yeah, the Manchurian was. Candidate um, as well. Um, so, you know, there you, you see him before he was anybody. Mm-hmm. You know, it's kind of it's kind of interesting, and he's acting in a movie, which is kind of weird because Jonathan Demme's yeah. better behind the camera, definitely, than he is in front of yeah, the camera. Like, like Shane Black, Shane Black, you know, like him. <laughs> yes. All right. Well, um, that's all we have. All the time we have for this episode. Um, tune in next week, and we're going to talk about Bates Motel. Yes, and. Uh, before we go, we want to plug our new Twitter page. It is, you can search for the three-cylinder star drive, or you can go to at, search for at, the word three. Capital letters. Uh, SCD. SCD. Yes. S-C-D. At three SCD. SCD. Yeah.